Good morning, everyone, and happy Easter. He is risen indeed. Alleluia, alleluia. Before we begin, I want to call our attention to the first Christian race ever to occur. It was between Simon Peter and John. We hear that Mary Magdalene goes to Peter and the disciple and tells them that the stone is rolled away. And so John accounts for us that Peter and John begin to run to the tomb. But John lets us know that he ran faster than Peter. And he arrived at the tomb first. I can only imagine that as they get to the tomb, John gets there, he's bent down, huffing and puffing. Peter arrives, maybe a minute later, he's huffing and puffing. John says, I win. And Peter says, but no one will ever know. And John says, everyone will know. Why did they run? They ran because, not because they believed, but because something miraculous took place. The stone was rolled away, and there was an empty tomb. Joy filled their heart, but also anxiety, confusion. What the heck is happening? But you know, my brothers and sisters, I want to ask a question this morning. I want to ask is, how do we know that Jesus rose from the dead? How do we know that it's real? We say it Sunday after Sunday. And you may say, well, the tomb was empty, but if you think about it, that's not really sufficient enough. Why? Because, well, Mary of Magdala thought that the body was stolen. But then we also have that Jesus appeared in his resurrected body to his disciples and to many people. But is that enough? Because, I mean, that's just their story against mine. So how do we know? How do we know that this is a real event? How do we know? How can we believe? How can we have modes of credibility for the resurrection? The first mode of credibility is the empty tomb. The tomb has to be empty. But it could be stolen. The second mode of credibility is that Jesus did appear to his disciples, to his apostles, on one occasion to 5,000 people. But that's just a testimony of 5,012 people. Maybe there's something else. Maybe there's something more to the story. For us to really understand the resurrection, we have to go to Jesus' own words where he alludes to his own resurrection. And when they ask for a sign, the Pharisees ask for a sign, Jesus said, you will get one sign. And that sign will be the sign of Jonah. And if we know our Bibles well, my brothers and sisters, and we know the story of Jonah, we know what happens, right? Jonah goes into the belly of a whale for three days and three nights, and then he gets spit up by the whale, right? Jesus, I mean, the God says to him, look, I want you to go to Nineveh. Nineveh is, you could say, the most pagan city ever, and they're not known for their virtue. They're known for their vices. And Jonah's like, I ain't going, Lord. He says, Okay. Go into the belly of the whale. But when we read that story again, we will see something interesting because when the author accounts for us the story of Jonah, 
It says that Jonah goes into Sheol. Now, for all you Jewish scholars out there, what is Sheol? Sheol is the realm of the dead. Oftentimes, I think we think of the story of Jonah that Jonah goes into the belly of the whale and he's just sitting there hanging out for three days, three nights in the dark saying, I wonder what's going to happen next. But if we read this story carefully, Jonah dies in the belly of the whale. And then he's raised on the third day as he's spit up by the whale. But what does Jonah do next in this new life that he's given? He actually follows what the Lord says. And where does he go? He goes to Nineveh. And by his preaching, he converts the whole city. This pagan, this vice-filled city where God was nowhere on their radar, he converts all of them by his preaching. You see, what made Jonah credible was the conversion of Nineveh. So now, now we understand Jesus' words because the sign that is going to give credibility to Jesus' resurrection is the sign of Jonah. What is the sign of Jonah? It's not that he just goes from being dead to alive, but that conversion starts happening. Now we look to the story of Jesus. The first mode of credibility, yes, the tomb is empty. The second, yes, Jesus appears to his apostles and he appears to 5,000 men and women. But the sign, the sign that makes it credible is the fulfillment of the scriptures as we say in our creed. And that is conversions start happening. Cities that have been pagan for thousands of years begin to drop their idols and begin to serve the living God. They begin to worship Jesus Christ by the preaching of the apostles. Cities that have been living with vice for thousands and thousands of years. Cities that said there is no God but the sun God, the moon God. They begin to drop all those and say, no, there is one God. And he has a son, Jesus Christ, and he has died and he has risen for us. How do you explain that? And how do you explain 2,000 years later that, no, we're not gathering in the church here, but we are sitting in our houses watching on live stream TV because we care about the resurrection. All over the world, people are gathering to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. How do you explain that? How do you explain that for 2,000 years, men and women are converting, men and women are coming to the altar of God and being baptized and saying, Jesus Christ is Lord. How do you explain that? Because the man, Jesus of Nazareth, was crucified and died, and he rose again on the third day. But then more importantly, to even go a step further, how many people died for Buddha? How many people died for Confucius? How many people died for the sun god? How many people were willing to lay down their lives for Plato or Aristotle or some other philosopher? 
No one did. But one by one, people began to lay down their lives on the truth that Jesus of Nazareth died and he rose on the third day. And he is alive and ascended to the Father. People died for the resurrection of Jesus. My brothers and sisters, this is what gives Christianity credibility. Conversion and martyrdom. I would like to take the three modes of credibility for the resurrection to apply to our own lives. The three modes of credibility that we have in our lives that give witness to the life of Jesus Christ. The first one is the empty tomb. We were dead in sin. We were enemies of God. As St. Paul says in Ephesians that we were spiritually dead, but God, rich in mercy, he brought us to new life in Jesus Christ through our baptism. But just like the empty tomb, it's not enough. It's not sufficient. The second mode of credibility is the appearance of Jesus. Yes, we have been baptized. We have been confirmed, right? We have been saved from spiritual death and brought into spiritual life, but that's not enough. And you may say, okay, well then I'm going to claim to be Christian. I'm going to wear a cross around my neck. And when people ask, I may even say that I'm Catholic. But to appear as a Christian, it's not enough. So what's that third mode of credibility that gives us true, true credibility to the whole world? It's conversion of heart. If there's one thing that gives us as Christians credibility, is that we maintain a journey of conversion. That when people see us continue to change, to draw closer to God, and to become better men and women every single day, that we're not, we're not okay with being mediocre. We're only okay with being great for God. Then people will say, and that Christianity is something to live for and to die for. There's a saying that says the blood of the martyrs is a seed of the church. That when martyrdom takes place, it's like nutritious soil for the seed of our faith. And so as we go through this pandemic of the coronavirus, it's also a time for conversion. And maybe we're on, the, we're on this, what, day 41 of Lent. I mean, right after Easter, and we have to ask ourselves, have I experienced conversion from Ash Wednesday to Easter? Am I a new man or a new woman? Have I been converted? Because that's what gives credibility to our witness, is conversion. And maybe you find yourself and say, you know, I, I really stunk with my Lenten observances. No, I haven't really experienced conversion. It's never too late. With Christ and his resurrection, he says, behold, I make all things new. It's never too late to experience conversion and be a credible witness to Jesus Christ who has died and risen from the dead.
the empty tomb, the appearance of Jesus resurrected from the dead, but lastly and most importantly, men and women begin to drop their idols and serve the living God through Jesus Christ. If we want to be credible witnesses, we have to follow the same path that we find in the Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles. That our tomb is empty through our baptism. The tomb that is ourselves. And we are given new life in Christ through baptism and after every time we go to reconciliation. And yes, we proudly and boldly say, I am a Catholic Christian and I love Jesus Christ and he has saved me. I appear to the world as a Christian. But then lastly, I'm a converted Christian. I'm a man or woman who desires true freedom and true conversion of heart so that I can give credible witness to the truth that my Lord, my Lord's body has not just been stolen, it has been raised from the dead. He is risen, my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah, hallelujah.